Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. You know what that music means. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, and welcome to HV Pucks Overtime. I'm proud to say this is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. What separates me from the mainstream is that you do not need a newspaper or cable TV subscription to access my content. It is 100% free and available on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You know, one of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. I recently had the opportunity to chat with Sam Chima, former professional hockey player, author, creative strategist, and hockey skills development specialist. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I am pleased to be joined by Sam Chima. Uh, Sam is a former professional hockey player. He is an author, a creative strategist, and a hockey skills development specialist. He offers camps, lessons, clinics, and seminars for players of all ages. This is his second appearance on the show, and I really do appreciate him taking the time out to chat with me. Uh, Sam, how's it going today? Yeah, things are good, Trav. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on again. Uh, it's my pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, as we were chatting before I started recording, your last appearance was during the spring of 2017, and I think it's safe to say a lot has changed for the both of us since then. If you could please share with the listeners what's new and exciting with you. Yeah, no, um, it's been a while, obviously, and, and in the two years um, looking back now, a lot has changed. Um, so I moved back to New York in 2017, um, after a brief stint in Tampa um, for that kind of summer, six months or so. And um, yeah, I moved back to New York with the, not really the ambition to coach as much as, as I probably wanted to. Um, and then it kind of grew organically from there. So I started coaching a Bantam team here in New York City. And um, and then a couple of parents asked me to do private lessons and everything else. And then that kind of grew to a, to a point where I had 12 kids I was seeing a week for private lessons. Um, not really thinking too much of it, just kind of filling it in as and when, and I was on the ice with mites all the way up to midgets um, as well during the week. So it ended up being I was on the ice about 20 hours at, between like October of 2017 to December 2017. Um, I was on the ice about, about 20 hours a week um, coaching and everything else. And then I re- what I really saw was there's more to the skill development side of things. Um, so I thought to myself, well, I really want to say it's coaching a little bit more seriously. Um, so yeah, so I started kind of creating my own little curriculum as it were, or things knowing from the fitness background that I also have, um, and understanding what kind of what it takes for a hockey player in terms of movement and what a lot of kids are lacking. Um, you know, so I started creating a curriculum and philosophy to, to design around this. And then, yeah, it's just kind of grown from there. Now, um, I run some camps, uh, have a few workshops now and again and have about, 26 kids I see weekly and then also train adults 
Um, but again, in the summer, I was, I'll train a few kids here in New York who want to play college hockey as well. I'm, I'm definitely going to get into that, um, which is a nice segue into my next question. In your opinion, Sam, what makes what makes a successful hockey player, and what do you look for? Yeah, I think it's kind of a lot of questions here. Like um, a lot <laughs> of things go with yeah. A lot, a lot, like if you're looking at anyone underneath 14, it's just having fun. Um, you know. A lot of people think that they're going to get drafted or get a scholarship or anything of that nature and playing AAA. But um, growing up, you see the best 14-year-olds end up peeling out towards the end. Right. Um, so under 14, as long as you're just having fun, as long as you're the, the rink is an enjoyable place. Um, what I always reiterate to a lot of parents is this, is basically if your son or daughter comes to you that afternoon and says, Mom and Dad, I don't have to want to come to the rink today. Please don't bring them to the rink. They don't force them to play something that they don't want to be at. Right. And even as one practice, for instance, it doesn't have to be, you know, I understand you want to, you know, hey, you made the commitment, then you have to follow through your commitment. That's one thing. But if they just really don't want to go and they want to just have a rest, give them a rest. Sure. Um, and then when you hit like 14 plus, that's when the specialization comes in. So 15, 16, 17. So prior to being 14, like, yeah, hockey camps are great. And everything else, and but again, everyone always talks about it. Play other sports, um, be on the ice two to three times a week, learn those reps. Um, is a power play great for a thirteen-year-old? You know, yeah, great for the for the team and winning a championship. But in the grand scheme of things, may not mean it much. Um, but if they don't know how to skate properly and move properly, um, that's the most important thing. So you know, I always tell all the people come up to me and they ask me like, "Hey Sam, um, we wanted to work with our son or daughter." And I'll say, well, what else are they doing? And they'll say, well, not much. They're just playing hockey. So the first thing I'll say is, well, I really think they should do gymnastics. Right. Um, especially before, you know, between that six years old all the way up to that 12, 13, 14 age. Um, because a lot of these kids, what you're finding is, you know, their movement patterns are restricting them from actually skating in the correct way. Um, so actually they're loading the wrong muscle groups. So whenever you want to talk about power skating or any of that, they have no... Um, power to, to to power skate um, or load the right technique. So, so that's something I'm a big like believer in. Um, trying to go through the movement. So a lot of what you'll see of me is resistance bands, uh, teaching knee drive, um, a lot of edge work, but like not necessary edge work for speed, edge work for smoothness. Right. Um, you look at the way like the Swedes skate. Um, it's very. It's almost like you could play classical music against the skating style and it will look like a, a, a show right it will look like an opera show um so i think that's kind of what's really important and then when you get to 14 15 and 16 um and you are taking it seriously i think the most the best way to be successful as well in the long run is just commitment and consistency sure um a lot of people can say they're committed and be and say they're a hockey player um you know and put it in their instagram bio or whatever else but you know, to be a hockey player and to really want to achieve what you can achieve, and it doesn't make a difference where you start, you know, you can get to wherever you want to be, um, is just that commitment to every single day. So there's some of the kids that I have now who are 16, well, just 15, 16, you know, what they do every day is they start off the day with foam rolling and water, and there's something that they never used to do. Right. So every single morning they get up, they stretch, and they foam roll, and, and that means they wake up at 6.30 instead of 6.45 now. It's only 15 minutes, but what you're seeing is now they're trying to make themselves at least 1% better every single day. Sure. Um, and that's a commitment. So maybe they, they started 
at a single way program two years ago, and now this year they're playing AAA. Right. Um, so I think that's something that's more of a testament to them, and then it comes with that mindset. And then, and then they just come to that consistent nature. It's um, understanding that it has to be every single day. You can't go away to uh, a clinic or a camp and think, and be on the ice for six hours a day for a week in July and think, all right, that's my spring, that's my summer training done, good. I'm going to have the best season of my life. Um, I think it's something they do every single day. It doesn't mean being on the ice every single day, but it means, hey, what am I going to do today? Maybe you're on the ice two, three days a week, but what are you doing You know, the other four days? Are sure. you looking at video? Are you going in the gym? Are you doing something at home? And, and, and again, you don't necessarily need to be going crazy in the gym. Um, right. You can do a lot of stuff at home and, and, and understanding that way, especially with your body weight and understanding calisthenics. Um, so I think that there are two things that I really look for in a player because, you know, anyone can go out there and sign themselves out for any camp, right? And I think what's really interesting is, that, is the athletes that don't necessarily go to the camps, but you see that graph is kind of like a, it's like a steep curve because every single day they're doing something, not just waiting to be told to do something. Sure. Um, and speaking about some of the camps and some of the clinics that you run, uh, tell us more about the hockey experience, which is, uh, I believe it's a camp for adults. It's going to take place in late April. And then let's talk a little bit about the training camp, which is scheduled for late August. Yeah, no. Um, so the hockey experience is actually something that's kind of new. Um, for a few years now, we've been asked, well, through Top Shop Hockey, which I used to run with Mike, and we still kind of do, and we're on a bit of hiatus now. We, uh, we've been asked by adults all the time, hey, can you put on a hockey clinic can you, for adults? Can you do something for adults? And we kind of were like, well, we don't really know many adults who would come, so we didn't really want to put on. And then just organically for the last maybe year or so, um, I got us started training six, seven adults at City Ice. Um, who said to me, hey, you know, like, really love your stuff. And then they have teams that they play on and whatnot. And I said, well, what if I put on a two-day weekend clinic and I'll bring in True Hockey, I'll bring in Dr. Smood, and um, we'll do some training from some New York City top trainers um, and teach you how to, obviously, the fundamentals of hockey, the game-based stuff, um, looking at video analysis, just of how they're skating more than anything else or how they're shooting the puck, or how they're loading their body. Um, and then on the you know the off-ice side of things, is we're trying to teach them, hey, you're going to go to the gym at some point this week, maybe. Here's something, an exercise you can do, instead of just bench press, that can help you better your hockey experience on when you play men's league on a Sunday night. Sure. Um, so that's how, that's how we're kind of uh, approaching it, and just having fun, right? Just making it a setting, because what I found was there's not many... A lot of people want to play hockey. A lot of people want to learn, right. and I think it's a really cool game, but there's not really many opportunities for people to do it at a later age. Unless you've done it as a kid, right. it's very, very difficult to get into it, and it's, it's a lot of moving parts to it as well. It's not just like maybe you go pick up, play pick-up soccer. You know, it's, it's pretty easy to get into, but with hockey, there's a lot of just intricacies and, and things where if you're not mobile as an adult as well, it's very difficult. Um, if you have no core strength, and you, you know, you kind of like, you know, really haven't, haven't been that athletic in your, in your, in your years, I think um, it's something else that adds an, another barrier to it. Sure. So, yes, so that's <clears> what <throat> we just kind of put together, and it's it's the first one. Um, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be fun. It's, you know, Prudential's a good ring. Um, the good people over there. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. 
Yeah, so I I noticed uh, on social media, and I'll get to all your um, ways that people can get in touch with you. Yeah, I noticed it's going to be at the Prudential Center, which I certainly think for any hockey fan or hockey player will be definitely an exciting experience. How about the uh, the training camp, which is scheduled for late August? Yeah, so the training camp is going to be um, so whenever I do a camp or a clinic, I only take five to six uh, athletes normally per group. So what I try and do is my best to give more attention to the detail to each athlete. Um, I don't want to spread myself too thin and I don't really, I want to kind of, you know, give quality instruction as close to a one-on-one session as I can. Um, so the training camp is right at the end of August. It's just four seasons starting. It's four days. Um, I have five kids in one group and four in another group right now. Um, probably stay the same that way. And it's, it's going to be a traditional training camp style. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to be on the ice and we're going to be off the ice and it's going to be, um, looking at conditioning in a, in a sense, but not necessarily designed to kill you. I'm not going to make you sore every single day. Right. Um, and it's just going to be kind of like, okay, here's a kind of four week, four day intensive, um, training camp style week that was here to go on the side and get you ready for the season ahead. Because, um, that weekend of Labor Day, most teams probably won't skate. And then the week after that, it'll be team practices and then back in straight into the season. So, um, it's just, yeah, it's just designed to just, exactly the same way that we would do it when we were playing like the week before your season start you'd come together you skate all week then your season season start that weekend you play two games and you're, you're well into your season then um i jumped i jumped over this question but i want to go back to it i look at your videos on instagram and again if you're interested in finding out more about sam chima go to at coach chima on Instagram, I find your videos incredibly intriguing in terms of what you have the players doing. Can you, and you touched on this in some of your previous answers, um, can you just describe your philosophy and your approach to hockey skill development? Yeah, so um, so you'll see a lot of the kids, even as young as six, doing like things like planks on the ice. Sure. Um, so sometimes I only see a kid for maybe an hour, um, a week, maybe two, if I'm lucky, or it's it's and, and I know away from the rink it's very tough to for them to to do anything else. So maybe when I'm they're resting in line or I'm setting up a new drill, I'll get a kid to do a plank. And and again, this is a very simple body weight exercise that they can do to activate their core and sure. and strengthen everything else. And 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 that's the kind of things that I look to incorporate into a, a session. It's not just how well you can shoot a park and technique right. it goes with it goes with everything hand in hand of being an athlete as well so when we're talking and when we're looking at someone's feet star for instance we're looking at knee drive um and if someone can't drive their knee nice and high then i'm like well you know do you stretch and they normally tell me no they don't stretch and they right. never stretch hmm. and i say okay now we're going to implement some stretching into your program right um and, and we kind of teach and and, I, and I, I put the importance so i always use about three minutes of ice time maybe more five minutes depending um especially in the groups i always use i always have to do at the end of practice and people always ask me like sam why do you waste so much ice time on stretching and i say yeah and i I say to them it's like five minutes and i say to them well to be honest i really i place such a high importance of this and trying to teach us and emphasize why it's so important to the to the athletes that you know i care so much that i'm going to use the ice time i'm going to take it away from shooting passing or stick handling or whatever else because this is really important just up there with your skating and everything else. So, so that's how I approach it. I'm looking again to, to make them athletes. Um, there's no, you know, you can shoot pucks all day long. Everyone wants to shoot pucks. Right. Um, but it's the again, like I said earlier on, it's the little things that are going to make a big difference. Um, it's how well you take care of your body. 
Um, and then, yeah, then when we're looking at some of the other things with the bands and resistance, um, so we're looking at some ways. So, for instance, in the resistance bands, there, I'm looking at the knee drive, I'm looking at their arm swinging. So, a lot of players will get into habits where they may not fully extend their arms in the right way. Um, and then off the ice, I'll get a kid to run as well. I'll watch them run, sure. and they're not driving their arms, <clears throat> and, then it, and then translates onto the ice where they're skating with their legs, but they're not really any full extension and they're not moving their arms the same way. Um, so the bands, it's very easy for me to control how they're moving. It's also, it's pretty tough for them to do sometimes. Sure. But also they're, they're getting on their inside edges and they're leaning forward with their chest up. Um, so it puts them in a good position to be in. So that's what, you know, those are kind of things I look to incorporate. Um, I always check in with everyone to see how they feel on that day. I'm really intrigued about what they've eaten that day as well. Sure. Especially, say I see an athlete at 8 o'clock at night, and I ask them, did you have dinner? And they say, no. And I was like, when was the last time you ate? And they said, oh, at lunchtime, 1 o'clock. So now I know it's several hours, and they're probably going to be fatigued very quickly. Yep. Um, so I don't really look to like have conditioning into like the element, because I know from the get-go that they haven't got much energy to expend. So then they might be more focusing on the skill development side, and and tone it down a notch because again I want them to be able to recover so when they go to a practice or for instance today when trials start they go to their trials and they're fresh for it right um so so that's what I'm really intrigued like again when I first started coaching I would ask kids like hey like how much water have you drank today and they'll be like I haven't had any water yet and it's every seven o'clock at night and I'll be like how have you not had any water and now you're on the ice right um and the things like I would see parents constantly buying Gatorade for their for their kids, mm-hmm. and you know I was one of those kids too where I would ask my mum and dad, "Hey, can you buy me a Lucasade?" Which is the same thing in England, right. and I would think that I need to have Lucasade to play. But knowing what I know now, it's you know it's it's not that's not hydrating your body and that's not putting yourself in the right situation sure. to perform. So so those are the things I try to educate more than anything else. Um, Again, big believer from my own knee surgery, big believer in, in understanding um, muscular imbalances, um, anterior pelvic tilt, where hockey players have this duck butt syndrome because, you know, we, we're hunched over and we're in a hinge position. Right. How can we get out of that? Um, just because there's no point being a hockey player if you can't play hockey and you're injured. Right. Um, and that goes from a six-year-old all the way up to a 20-year-old because if you start bad habits at six, you know, when you get 20, it's going to be very difficult to get those bad habits out of your system. It really looks like you're trying to treat the complete athlete, which is very, very refreshing. It's not just about, like you said, the skills, the shooting, the pucks, and everything else. Let's just switch it up, if we could, Sam, as, as far as our rapid-fire segment. Um, yep. And I think I know the answer to this question based on our previous interview. Favorite hockey-related movie? Oh, I think maybe changed now. It's now Youngblood. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's, yeah, that's a good change, one. Yeah. That's a real good one. That's a real good one. I also like Sudden Death with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't know if you've ever seen that one, but uh, yeah. you definitely got to check that out if you haven't. Uh, Duncan versus Starbucks. Uh, Starbucks, reluctantly. Okay. Um, most embarrassing song on your playlist? Uh, I think I have a Britney Spears pl- a song on my uh, my gym playlist. Now listen, I have some Britney Spears. I have some Kesha, so I'm right there with you. Yeah, um, yeah. Favorite pizza topping? Uh, margarita, just just classic cheese and tomato. I like that. I like that. I talk to some of these high school kids, and they're like buffalo chicken, chicken oh, bacon no, I ranch. Can't, I can't. And I said, yeah. when I was a kid, and I went to a pizzeria, you had 
a plain slice, maybe pepperoni, maybe sausage, maybe a veggie slice. Now it's all this. There's actually a pizzeria by me, Sam. They panko breadcrumb the slice and then they deep fry it. It's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever oh, seen. Oh, that's in my too life. much. That's too much. <laughs> no, no I'm, 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 I'm a simple Neapolitan wood fire. It's like just margarita. That's fine. And being that you're in New York City, I'm sure you have your choice of oh, yeah, the top yeah, pizza. Yeah, same, with, same with coffee. Coffee and pizza, you, right. you, you have the best there. Um, memorable, and I think I know the answer to this too because from our previous conversation, memorable on-ice moment as a hockey player. Um, yeah, I think that would be two. Just looking back and, and sure. what I've enjoyed. Um, obviously, playing against Canada yep. was was really up there. I'm um, still going back there and thinking like, wow. But then, um, yeah, playing probably my last like junior youth game because um, looking back at the memories I found with all my friends and those are the kind of times that again I tell a lot of kids right now like the people you play in the locker room when you're 16, 17 you know they are they're your best friends of life sure um, so yeah when playing playing with those guys if it's one thing I've learned from doing this podcast over the last couple of years is that you know hockey it's a lifestyle um, and, yeah. and again it's like you talk about friendships uh, brotherhood you know, so those are all the things and just cherish these memories. Um, two more questions for you, Sam, before I let you go. And I'm, I was really, again, intrigued and impressed when I saw this. Can you talk to us a little bit about your work with the New York Metro Blind Hockey Program? Yeah, no. So that's um, that's something that I do just on a volunteer basis. And right. um, yeah, so <clears throat> Ted has Ted, Ted had a son who, um, who basically was playing blind hockey and realized there was no no one really else in New York for blind hockey, so he decided to set up the, the federation or the foundation. Um, and what's the really fun thing about it is, you know, from a coaching standpoint, I have to be really descriptive because some of these people can see a little bit and some of them just can't see anything. Right. Um, so we get them on the ice and, and, you know, they have no fear. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and they really do trust you a lot. So, like, when you're telling them instructions, like where the boards are or, or even how to grip a hockey stick, um, you know, and they listen really intensely. So it's really fun from a coaching perspective, but from a from a hockey standpoint, it's just like hockey's can grow to many different ways. Like, um, whatever can get more people involved in the game is I'm always for. So yeah, like it's a fantastic organization to be part of. Um, I, two of them went down to Florida last weekend to compete in the the blind hockey tournament, which was. I think teams competing from all over the U.S. That's great. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just a fantastic kind of a fun way to coach as well. With no, there's no scoreboard, there's no uh, really expectations. Um, just people coming on the ice, getting better each week, sure, um, and having fun with it. And and people who I would say there ha- there hasn't been an avenue for them. A lot of them to play another sport. Um, where now they can get partake in the sport, maybe at a later age, but yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun organization to follow for sure. I follow them on Twitter and on Instagram. So if people are interested in following them on Twitter, it's at N Y M B hockey and uh, yep. at uh, on Instagram as well at N Y M B hockey. So, um, you know, I definitely want to reach out to them and see if they'd be interested in coming on the show at some point too. Um, Cause I'm all about promoting the sport and growing the game. Um, last question for you, Sam, before I let you go, and I sent these to you ahead of time. Uh, I'll be interested yeah. to hear your response. So if Sam Chima wasn't involved in hockey, what would he be doing? Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm probably still living in England. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, that's, that's probably it. No, I, I, would, I would still probably follow my passion and my drive for 
um, strategy and problem solving and thinking a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, I couldn't imagine a life without hockey. Sure. Um, there's been times where I've obviously had a break from the game a little bit. Right. But but right now, I, I the, hockey's again hockey's a game that's given me everything. Yep. Um, it's given me friendships. It's given me um, a way of life. It's given me just relationships with people that I wouldn't really think I would have relationships with. Um, and yeah, so I, I my life would be completely different. It'd be upside down. Um, yeah, I, I'd probably be playing football somewhere and on a Sunday morning in rainy England. Uh, and for those listeners that maybe aren't as familiar with Sam, you know, as they should be, definitely Google why hire a hockey player uh, or visit, you know, his website, which I'm going to get to in a minute because that's how I first got connected with Sam. I read his article, Why Hire a Hockey Player. I was intrigued. I invited him to come on. And again, that was two years ago. So, uh, yeah, you- that, that, actually, that article actually um, is a thing. It's funny that I, I took that down. And then I reposted it right. at Bollington, I think maybe last year, late mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. and, and it went viral again. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because it's a yeah, because so. it's a great it's a great read. So uh, if you're interested in finding out more about Sam, you can uh, check out his website, CoachChima.com. Uh, you can go to at SamChima21 on Twitter at Coach Chima on Instagram. Uh, and I also know you're doing some stuff with Department of Sweat, so it's depart- sweat.com. Uh, again, I've been chatting with Sam Chima. Uh, he's a former professional hockey player. Uh, he is an author, a creative strategist, and as you've learned uh, and as you've heard, a hockey skills development specialist. Sam, I really do appreciate you taking the time out to chat with me. Um, I've got you know a few more months to go here with school, and then the school year will be over, and I hope to be able to get out to the city so we can meet in real life. I really would enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'll be I'll be over in Europe for a little bit of summer, but um, sure. yeah, absolutely. Whenever whenever you're in the city, hit me up. I'll be I'll be around. I'll show you around the rinks and stuff. Oh, that'd be great. This is your boy, Trav, and you are listening to HV Pucks Overtime. Thanks again, Sam. Take care. Thanks, Trav. Thank you. You got it. Uh, hello there. Uh, this is uh, Happy Gilmore, and uh, you're listening to the HV Pucks Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now back to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode of HV Pucks Overtime. And if there are any topics you'd like me to address or guests you'd like to hear from, please tweet me at TravJack71 as I do this podcast for you. You can also find me on Instagram at 5 underscore min underscore major. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5 Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.